the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Continue to enjoy your best lawn ever with Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. Contact them today for a free quote, 401-392-1025 or online, LawnDoctor.com. A lot more summer ahead plus the fall. Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island, your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call for a free quote today, 401-392-1025. Find out also about keeping your family safe from ticks and mosquitoes, Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. Check out their website. It's LawnDoctor.com or call today for a free quote, 401-392-1025. Back in 2017, you had expressed concerns about the membership of the all-white Bailey's Beach Club, said that you hoped it would become more diverse. Now your family's been members, your wife is one of the largest shareholders. Has there been any traction in that? Are there any minority members of the club now? I think the people who are running the place are still working on that. I'm sorry it hasn't happened yet. Blaming all on his ribs, born a blue-blooded snoot. His birth was a black tie affair. It's all who you know, like Claus von Bülow. He just likes to be seen everywhere. He leads a privileged life with a white privileged wife. Bailey's, they like their champagne. Life on Bellevue in a state that is blue. <laughs> You'll never hear Sheldon complain. He likes clubs with white faces, with the lead waspy crowds. Where for decades kept the Jews away. And BLF cannot stay. He's not big on diverse faces. Bailey's Beach Club is his oasis. Sheldon likes the clubs with white faces. Do you have concerns in 2021? I mean, obviously, it's been four years. You have remarks on the floor following the deaths of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd saying, you know, hoping to root out systemic racism in the country. Your thoughts on an elite, all-white, wealthy club again in this day and age. Should these clubs continue to exist? It's a long tradition in Rhode Island, and there are many of them. John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. Well, it is Wednesday. It is the final day of June. Boy, this heat wave just continues, and it is uh, absolutely brutal. And without question, I mean, when you have this type of heat, and the good news is, folks, it's going to break after today. It's actually a delightful day with a nice blue sky. But uh, when you get to be this hot, it's really tough to enjoy anything outside. Even last night... Uh, I mean, right now, it's just oppressive heat. And then even last night, uh, if you could tell, it was um, it, it was really just, it's just so uncomfortable outside. So one more day of it, and then uh, seemingly uh, it should cool off for the nice weekend ahead. Folks, I want to, um, you know, we don't focus a lot on uh, New York City, but the, the voting and the situation that's going on in voting right now in, in New York City, it warrants attention. So you have the New York mayoral that was last Tuesday, and they, they're trying to do this thing, ranked choice voting, which is different than normal voting. But it is a complete disaster right now. New York City mayor, I mean, that's that's an important post. And the New York mayor race is in complete chaos. The election board counted 135,000 test ballots. So this is a disgrace. You have this guy, Eric Adams. He's a former police officer. And he said as mayor he would carry a gun. And he, he um, right now, after regular voting, was the person that was then in front. But um, it, it went into complete chaos. The Board of Elections released a new tally of votes in the Democrat mayoral primary, then removed the tabulations from its website after citing a discrepancy. This is a story in the New York Times. The results released early in the day had suggested the race between Eric Adams and two closest rivals had tightened significantly. Just a few hours after releasing the results, the election board issued a cryptic tweet revealing, quote, a discrepancy in the report, saying it was working with its technical staff to identify where the discrepancy occurred. 
Last night, tabulations had been taken down, replaced by a new advisory that the ranked choice results would be available starting June 30th. Then around 10.30, they finally released a statement explaining it failed to remove sample ballot images. Can you imagine used to test its ranked choice voting software? When the board ran the program, it counted both test and election night results, producing approximately 135,000 additional records, meaning votes. The ranked choice numbers, it said, would be tabulated again. So this is an absolute disgrace for the Board of Elections, plagued by dysfunction, nepotism. Again, story in the New York Times. First try at implementing this ranked choice voting on a citywide scale, which is foolish. Skeptics had expressed doubt about their ability to pull off the process though it is used successfully in other cities. Now, ranked choice voting, voters can list up to five candidates on their ballots in preferential order. If no candidate receives more than 50%, after first choice votes in the first round, the winners decided by a process of elimination. As the lower polling candidates are eliminated, their votes are reallocated to whichever candidate whose voters rank next, and the process continues until there's a winner. But they apparently were trying this for the first time folks people's faith in the election system is at an all-time low to begin with the board of elections released preliminary unofficial ranked choice tabulations yesterday afternoon showing mr adams who held a significant advantage on primary night was narrowly ahead of Catherine garcia in the ballots cast in person during early voting or primary day maya wiley she's the big progressive that's the one that aoc is behind she wants to defund the police maya wiley who came in second place in the initial vote count was close behind in third place the board then took down the results and disclosed the discrepancy the results may well be scrambled again even after the board of elections sorts through the tally it must count around 124,000 democrat absentee ballots once they're tabulated the board will take the new total that includes them and run a new set of ranked choice elimination rounds with a final result not expected until mid-July. Listen, this is a complete disgrace. This should not be going on. Even the progressive Wiley laced into the Board of Elections saying it's the result of generations of failures, blah, blah, blah. Folks, th- this is what they have completely... Who would have faith in, in the... Uh, the system after this and when you think about the people involved and how much they want you know and they're always pushing about more people voting and everyone should be voting but that that's that goes two ways um that goes two ways as far as you have to have the proper mechanisms in place and the proper procedure to be able to tally when you're telling all these people to to come out and vote in this way Board of Elections botched the New York City mayoral primary by including the test run. I, I don't know how you uh, have something like that. It should never have gone on in that way. And, um, and of course, you're going to then get people uh, questioning. Now, the other thing is, and I played some of the sound of this yesterday, the Energy Secretary now, Jennifer Grohm, is um, really under fire by saying that climate change played a role in the Florida condo collapse. I mean, that is absolutely ludicrous ripped by experts online critics for the ghoulish opinion i played this yesterday she was on santa and asked whether climate change contributed to right now you have 12 dead 149 missing well we know seas are rising we're losing inches and inches of beaches and uh, blah 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 and use the tragedy to push the infrastructure package now i mentioned this yesterday and like i said this is what they're using as the talking point to try to get see this is why we need infrastructure or there's going to be other buildings collapsing listen there were a lot of red flags with this condo building and you know the more now we've learned that basically they were told back in april that uh they needed 15 million to secure it there was uh some compromised uh, part of the uh basement the garage the basement the ground uh, underground garage i should say and so this business of of climate change or trying to use this to try to get support for president biden's infrastructure deal she's she's right to be criticized now a couple other stories and we are going to uh cover it the attorney who is representing the off-duty providence uh, excuse me Pawtucket police officer 
he is now um, coming out. We've learned who he is, Michael Colucci. And he's trying to still stay with this narrative that the uh, the off, even though he was off duty, he saw something afoot and they're required to jump into action. And uh, there's a lot of discrepancies here and I'm not going to get into it yet. Whatever it is, he make no mistake, he absolutely could speak out. His attorney could speak out. They could say, here's not what happened. Uh, bah, 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 and walk through the whole thing. They're not saying anything like that. They were absolutely not saying anything like that. So, again, I um, this business that somehow um, that I, 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 folks, I've covered a lot of cases. I want to see what exactly if this off-duty Pawtucket police officer is going to stick with the that's my story and I'm sticking to it. I saw some wrongdoing. I had to jump into action. I saw something afoot three teens going to pick up a pizza to go then watch an nba basketball game um it, none of it makes sense i i want to see it i want to see and hear the statement of exactly what he saw i i think this shows that he has no explanation he has no explanation for his actions i want to remind people he shot an unarmed teen shot an unarmed teen and i want to um i want to hear exactly what it is that he saw that was afoot. All right, we have a lot ahead. Again, it's a very hot day. You want to stay cool. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA professionals find them for you? Call MEGA professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, professionals, 508-336-7801. 7801. Maybe if you need workers, maybe you have workers that won't come back to work. You need drivers, certified help, part-time, full-time, maybe weekend work. You need the professionals at MEGA Professionals. Let them find the workers for you. They screen them all out. They send them right over to you. Serving Rhode Island, Massachusetts, call them today, 508-336-7801. Maybe you need mechanics or skilled labor or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession, MEGA professionals. Call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business. Let MEGA professionals help you find the workers. MEGA professionals, 508-336-7801. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. J. Perry Paving always provides high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. Residential, commercial, seal coating patios. Get your driveway paved. Letter J, J. Perry Paving. 20 years experience specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating patios, and general masonry projects. J. Perry Paving, they offer free estimates. Call them today at 401-732-1730. 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. It's J. Perry Paving. Get your driveway paved. And if you're a veteran, no one has a better package for veterans than J. Perry Paving. Whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, J. Perry Paving has your back. Check out the benefits of investing in asphalt paving. Affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. Asphalt can be recycled, reused. Call them for a free quote today. 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving, licensed insured contracting company. They will meet your needs no matter how big or how small. And no one treats veterans better than J. Perry Paving. Call them today, 401 401- 732-1730-401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. 
listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Joining me right now for the Boston Globe, he is columnist Dan McGowan. And Dan, uh, if you don't mind, let's start off. Uh, today is the final day of June. And uh, as you lay out in Roadmap, this is a very important day. And uh, for those that are running for, it's going to be the big primary next September. And that is going to be the Democrat gubernatorial primary. Yeah, it's so strange to be talking about, you know, very important dates when we're so far out. But for for those out there, excuse me, for those out there who, uh, you know, pay close attention to this, June 30 is a... um, a big fundraising deadline because it, it it's it's the second end of the second quarter of the the calendar year for for these politicians. And uh, what I did for a roadmap this morning was kind of take a look at their their strategies for fundraising. And you know, I mean, John, you, you're on all these email lists, and so we get you know, uh, every politician's pitch for, for why you should give them 50, a $10 right at the end of a quarter. Um, and so it's really interesting because you look at the four main candidates for governor, the democratic candidates, at least governor McKee, Nellie Gorbea, uh, Jorge Lors and Seth Magaziner. Um, what Dan McKee, it really needs to prove is one that he can be a fundraising force, which we think is probably going to be true now that he's, you know, he's got a full, uh, you know, quarter uh, under under his belt as the governor. And he took this approach of, you know, being very straightforward with his supporters. He said, I want to, I need to show strength. I need the money. He actually says, you know, I need to show Republicans that I, that I'm, you know, going to have all this money. What he actually means, of course, is Democrats. He needs to show other Democrats that he is, uh, you know, you know, strongly fundraising. The other three candidates, interestingly, all took some version of the same approach, which is this kind of fundraising, I don't know, tactic or cheat that a lot of these guys uh, pull, which is, you know, they come up with a random number. It doesn't matter. $11,000. I need $12,200 by the end of the quarter. And so all three of them had different numbers to say, we need to show strength. We need to have these things. All of this is to say, this quarter is very, very important because it's going to be, you know, we won't get the numbers until the end of next month, but, you know, we're really going to start to close in on who, who can separate themselves. We know that Treasurer Magazine is an excellent fundraiser. We expect Dan McKee to uh, suddenly become a very formidable fundraiser. How much can Nelly Gorbea raise, though? How, where is Merrill Lorza in this? You know, he has a lot of money, but is he able to show the same strength? you know, now that he's being pretty clear that he's going to run for governor. So lots of questions about this. And I think it's going to be, you know, the money race up until, I mean, what would you say? I, I would say up until next March, April, May, the only thing that matters in the race for governor is is the money race, because you won't even really start talking about issues and separating yourself and debates until, you know, next spring. So everything's about fundraising right now. Hey, McGowan, are you surprised that uh, so far um, as we're, you know, getting ready to hit the main stretch of summer, July 4th, the Liberty, that, that Secretary of State Gorbea, really, she's the only one that so far has announced that she is, in fact, running for governor? I am a little bit surprised. Remember, we talked about this when she announced, you know, one of the things yep. that if you talk to some of her supporters, um, one of the reasons she felt very strongly about needing to get out there was actually it was a media related thing. A couple of weeks before she announced, uh, I believe the journal had a story that that essentially, you know, said, oh, it looks like a two person race for governor uh, because of fundraising numbers. It was set, and it was Seth Magaziner versus Dan McKee. That put her in a very tough spot because. One, she was sitting there reading the probably reading the paper that morning and saying, wait a minute, you know, I'm I'm running. I'm serious about this. And she needed to show to her supporters here and to her supporters nationally that um, that, you know, she's going to be a viable candidate and that she needs to raise that money. So she needed to kind of vault herself onto the radar more so than the other candidates. Um, I'm a little surprised the other ones haven't taken it because uh, because Dan McKee has to his credit, has sucked a lot of life, uh, you know, out of the room, so to speak. Yes. Uh, you know, he he's now, I think, 
generally speaking, you talk to any Democratic insider in this day and they would say he's a favorite, maybe a heavy yeah. favorite to be the next to, to to win the primary. And so these other guys have this, you know, a difficult spot. Seth Magaziner's raising all the money in the world. He's not going to do anything else. He's going to run for governor. Um, he may just be biding his time because he wants to, you know, pick a spot where the governor maybe slips up or, or you know, maybe when there's not as much, uh, there's just so much happening in the news cycle. So maybe he'll wait a little bit. Mara Lorza, you know, I think there are a lot of people in Mara Lorza's camp that that still hope that maybe he'll reconsider. Maybe he'll run for a treasurer. Maybe he'll, uh, you know, look at some other job. Maybe he'll just go off into the private sector. Um, everything I understand from those who are truly close to the mayor say, is, is he is running for governor. He just hasn't decided when he's going to announce yet. Dan, Dan McGowan, you know what's interesting is I think the, the whole situation with water fire is a good indicator of, of where we are and with Governor McKee, where let's let's face it, in, in, in the past, when money's tight, you know, you just can't look how he could suddenly swoop in like, oh, do you need 300 grand for water fire? Boom, I'll write the check myself like that. This is it's such an unusual situation where there seemingly right now is just this endless uh, supply, you know, of money. But at the same time, you tweeted out the fact that, you know, look, the worker shortage is real. Look how Greg's is, you know, you know, no longer going to serve breakfast. Yeah. I mean, look, there's, <laughs> I think you nailed it here. Uh, the, this is um, a, a different time. It's almost like maybe a weird comparison, but it's almost reminds me, you, you pay close attention to New York city and, yep. and so do I. And so, if you remember when Mike Bloomberg was mayor, he was so rich that he could solve problems, you know, city problems with his own money, right? That's right. And, and, you know, sometimes it was for advocacy efforts, right? Their sugary drinks tax, things like that. He was able to just write, a, write an endless check, a blank check. Um, but even sometimes like actually solving the, you know, the day-to-day -day problems of city government, he was willing to kind of put his money where his mouth was and, you know, a lot of people would look at that and say, wait a minute, this is, you know, it's not actually what government or democracy is supposed to look like. But it, it got New York City running. It made people appreciate him. He, he was willing to put his money where his mouth is. In this case, this isn't Dan McKee's money, but it is our state's money. And he is able to kind of put out, it's a bad joke, put out fires or start yes. fires um, with all, you know, with all of this money, I think you're right. I think you're going to see a lot of those examples. Any chance the governor can get to kind of, um, you know, step in and, and, and throw a little bit of money here and, and do a little bit of, uh, you know, do a project here or there. Now, we should say on the water fire issue, I thought the, the city council in Providence really, uh, they, it's a classic Providence city council move. They thought they were doing the right thing by trying to fund a bunch of, you know, important organizations and they got a little stubborn. They knew that the, I think they knew that the water fire folks were going to go to the press and they kind of dug in. And this is one of those times where you need a mayor to step up and say, wait a minute, guys, even if you don't want to give them this money, this is a terrible look and we have to do it. Instead, what happened, I think the mayor did want to give the money, but Dan McKee was able to kind of swoop in and, and make that happen. I think you're going to see a lot of that. I think, you know, if you're out there right now, if you're one of the, the folks who listen to John and you're mad about, you know, the end of my street has a big pothole or it, just little things, this is your year, the next it year is. or so to, to get almost whatever you want because the governor is going to just try to make everybody happy. Um, and then to your kind of the second half of your question, you're right. There's still a lot going on. I mean, the, the, the Greg's thing, and I, you know, I'm, I'm soft on Greg's. I used to, I was a bartender there, so I really oh, like the place. Oh. Um, but, you know, you, you see, you know, they announced, hey, we're, we're stopping our breakfast service. Now, Greg's, as you know, not known for breakfast, but they do do it. They, they always have, they've done it on weekends for many years yeah. now. Um, I think that's a real challenge. I think you are seeing even, even at nice restaurants, we went to a restaurant over the weekend where, you know, there was a sign on the door that almost, I think that said something like, excuse the service. If it's slow, it's not because the servers are bad at their jobs, right? It's because they don't have the people, you know, not just servers, but you know, the, the, the cooks and things like that. Um, I, I think this is still a challenge and it's going to be 
worse, I think, you know, we're really now it's kind of like the, the first real week of summer. Um, you're not going to see many of these changes until really those unemployment benefits end after Labor Day. So this could be a summer where I think a lot of people are going to be very frustrated with what yes. they, with what they see. And, and that could, you know, that could change the mood of people in a lot of ways. Someone uh, I know went to Twin Willows last night to watch the Red Sox game. They don't serve food on Monday and Tuesday nights anymore. Twin Willows down in Can New York. Wow. Because they don't have they don't have the workers. So, folks, quick break. More with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro Show. Mega truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment. Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508 508- 336-2110 for MEGA, M-E-G-A, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. It's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508 336 2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA truck and trailer repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110. It's MEGA truck and trailer repair. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www. This summer, let J.K.L. Engineering keep you and your family nice and cool. J.K.L. Engineering, call them today, 401-351-7600. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. J.K.L., it's going to be a hot summer ahead. Call J.K.L. Engineering today. Estimates are free. Financing is available. Remember, with J.K.L., 54 years in business, Reputation is second to none, especially for technical expertise, customer satisfaction. JKL is an approved National Grid VPI installer. They're also a Navian certified factory dealer. Call JKL for a system replacement, oil to gas for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available this summer. Call JKL Engineering right now. Remember, they do it right. They do it right the first time. They'll keep you and your family or your employees nice and cool. Call JKL, 401-351-7600. Remember, JKL Engineering, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts, a carrier factory authorized dealer. It's JKL. Call them, 401-351-7600. This summer, stay nice and cool with JKL Engineering, 401-351-7600. We're speaking with Dan McGowan, columnist for the Boston Globe. Dan, I want to just stay on uh, Governor McKee for a moment because yesterday, so I went to his uh, Tuesday briefing. Your colleague, Ed Fitzpatrick, was there. You know, I counted. They had over they had over 20 reporters. I think they had 22 reporters in the room wow. for just their Tuesday briefing. And there were people where, I, you know, I didn't recognize them. So... <laughs> number of smaller uh you know media outlets in order to even invite invite them along well you know what it is is it's it, it one it shows you that a lot of us uh whether you're a bigger news outlet or a smaller one you know or independent or you know so-called mainstream a lot of us just are looking for something to do right yeah. we're finally you know able to kind of get out of the house and we want something to do what what's impressive about this is you and i have been talking about this for weeks john is these press conferences aren't always the most riveting things no. right it's it's not as though the governor and the lieutenant governor come in every single week with a big announcement or a big headline they're seeking remember that was governor that was gina Raimondo. gina Raimondo knew what she was doing 
when she was holding a press conference. She sought to, you know, to drive a news cycle and she judged her success by, did I get the headline I wanted? I mean, that, that is the real truth about, you know, how the Raimondo team kind of worked. Um, this is more of a, you know, Dan McKee is, is, as you and I have, another thing we've said a lot, I think he's become very comfortable. He actually likes to do this. He likes yeah. the, the back and forth a little bit. He feels pretty good about himself. I think generally the reporters are, are, are sort of positive on him in the sense that, hey, it's nice to be able to get our questions answered. You know, I, I actually was at the State House when you guys were at the press conference yesterday and he walked by me and he was like, oh, you're not, you're not coming over? <laughs> and and oh. I had something else going on. He, he enjoys this part of it. And um, it, it'll be interesting to see how long it can go because, you know, is he going to continue to have these press conferences when it becomes real campaign, you know, nitty gritty stuff when people are criticizing, I don't know, his record as Cumberland mayor or, you know, something he did that was questionable as, as the governor over the last year, you know, is he still going to be as open and accessible right now? He has an extreme advantage. We talked about those, those other candidates for governor, this governor you know, how many times a week now, three, four times a week is able to hold a press conference that kind of commands everybody's attention. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think everybody is I think everybody right now is kind of taking the bait on it. And, and I don't blame anybody. We're covering them as, you know, as much as, as, as anyone. So, it, you know, kind of is what it is. But it's it's a very intelligent tactic. I think we all w- wondered all right, what happens when COVID ends? Does the right. governor, you know, now here's the answer the governor's going to, press the issue he's gonna have the announcement hey we're we're you know we're helping water fire we're doing this that's what the end of covid looks like the governor's gonna do whatever he can to continue being on television and that's the main you know the main medium that he's seeking television as often as possible Dan McGowan what do you what's the reaction from uh, the mayor lords of people that he's he's jumping in and you, uh, some people, there was some speculation. Someone said, well, he won't help water fire because then that makes Alorza look good. But you watch, the governor will be at water fire. What, what, what's their reaction that he's willing to jump in? He even answered my question I said about people afraid to go to Providence, someone intimidated Providence. He's like, no, that's definitely true, but you know, we'll address that. And I've offered, and I, I think you're going to see him more aggressive in not worrying that things will make Alorza look good, but instead they're going to make him look good. Yeah, I, I mean, look, the... If you if you think about this over the think before COVID, one thing that Mayor Lorza allowed to happen um, on his watch was when whenever there was a new development, right? The building that the Globe is in in Rhode Island, our building downtown, right? That that happened on both Gina Raimondo and Jorge Lorza's watch. You would never give Jorge Lorza credit for that building, right? You right. would give, you would give it to Gina Raimondo and Gina Raimondo uh, probably would not uh, share very much credit uh, uh, on most things. The mayor allowed uh, the state to really, you know, think about it on the 195 and lots of different examples where this, the, the mayor kind of went along for the ride, but, but didn't do the classic buddy Sancy of, you know, attend everything or opening of an envelope kind of, thing and, and take a lot of credit whenever you can and now he's in this tough spot of you know he, he is watching a, a a seemingly popular governor who's still kind of everyone introducing himself to people and he's kind of you know uh encroaching on on mayor territory now i know behind the scenes the mayor's office was very disappointed with how the council handled uh that distribution of money oh. but he, here's the thing and, and this is coming from me who's, you know, covered these guys, the council and the mayors, you know, for 10 years. When you're an effective mayor, when you're a mayor who's in control, you never let something like this get by, uh, you know, with just the council, you know, making a, 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 a slip up or a mistake, yep. right? If this was any previous mayor, Angel Tavares, David Cicilline, certainly Buddy Cianci, they'd have been on the phone with reporters uh, saying you won't believe what these you know ridiculous council members are doing right we're gonna stop it and it would have either you know the, the council would have had had to make a decision do they want to fight with the mayor or you know the mayor could have come up with a different way to, to get it all done and he would have been the hero instead he didn't his staff probably let it slip a little bit and oh. 
Um, and then you, now, you, you know, you, you, it leaves an opening for the governor. And don't underestimate that question was really important that you asked, because the next scenario is, you know, we're going to have state police right. coming, you know, in Providence or, or versions of that, right? We're going to really take, you know, getting Providence in order seriously. And suddenly you're going to have a governor who is, you know, functioning as the mayor of Providence exactly. um, in, in a lot of ways. That's what he's trying to do. And remember, you, know, you think about the, the, the politics of all of this. Dan McKee is going to do just fine in lots of parts of the state. What he doesn't want to happen is he doesn't want to get swamped in Providence, right? He right. doesn't want to have a scenario where he, you know, he's a fourth in a four-person primary with five, ten percent of the vote. He needs yep. to show that he's present, that he's, you know, the leader. And these are the things that do that. These are the things that get some of those eastsiders who are a little bit more concerned about crime than than in other places gets them a little bit more comfortable. It gets minorities a little more comfortable. And suddenly you're going to have a scenario where Dan McKee may be competing in Providence. And if Dan McKee thinks he comes close in Providence, let's just be clear. Dan McKee is going to be the next governor. If, if, he, can, if, if he can compete in Providence, he's going to be just fine everywhere else. Yeah. Folks, another quick break. Much more Dan McGowan, columnist of the Boston Globe, right here on the John DePietro Show. Calvino. Call for a free consultation today, 401-785-9400, or online, fightbackcalljack.com, where you or a friend or a member of your family in an auto accident, motorcycle accident, slip and fall, workplace injury, fight back, call Jack, free consultation, 401-785-9400. 50 years personal injury law experience and his office, 100 years combined total with the staff. Fight back. Call Jack, 401-785-9400. It would be great if you were in an auto accident, motorcycle accident, slip and fall, workplace injury, and the other person's insurance company offered to compensate you what they should, but it doesn't happen that way. You need a fighter. Fight back. Call Jack. Free consultation, 401-785-9400. Jack Calvino, 401 401- 785-9400 or online fightbackcalljack.com We're speaking with Dan McGowan, columnist for the Boston Globe. Dan, uh, I want to go through some of the other stories in the Globe, but I also want to start off with, I never thought I'd see a headline of Senator Reid and UFOs in the in the same headline, but you managed to uh, to make that happen. Well, you know this this whole UFO craze is something. I, I'll be honest with you, I'm not. When I, when I hear you know folks talking about it on the radio or on TV, I generally turn it off. It's just not you know I'm not a Star Wars guy, right? I'm not a uh, one of those people. But uh, you know, I, I've obviously we've all paid attention to the increased coverage of. You know what what's going on? What are, what what are, what's the government finding in space? What are these objects they seem to be seeing? And when Senator Reid, the chairman of of the Armed Services Committee, you know, puts out a statement over the weekend after the release of a a report that was really interesting. I mean, you know, they they have 143 incidents over the last roughly two decades where they just have seen stuff that that is unexplainable in the sky, where the government has tracked, documented this, and said. We don't know what that is. Um, and and it, this, when the senator feels the need to kind of put out a statement and say, hey, you know, we, we want answers. We need we need to know more about this. Um, you know, it, it's always fascinating. Now, I'm also a good headline writer. I know what I'm doing. It's classic mm. clickbait. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I think the senator's serious about this. I think he wants to know, too. And um, it'd be interesting. You know, it, it, there, there's so much happening when it comes to, uh, you know, the negotiations over infrastructure with Biden and all this stuff. But, you know, when when things settle down a little bit, I'll be interested to see how much Senator Reid wants to, you know, go into this and have public hearings because they'll be fascinating. They could also easily become a little bit of a sideshow. Yeah. Dan McGowan, how about last night and your colleague Ed Fitzpatrick as a story? The crooked bridge was on fire. I know. And they're still, as, as, as you and I talk, they're still haven't figured out exactly what the reason for it is um, never a good sign. And it's also kind of, you know, the, the city just announced they were going to, you know, they, they, they found a, a design that they like that they can't pay for, but they would like to redesign the bridge and redo things. And then you find out that it gets on fire. John, John, it feels like we've seen too many suspicious fires in the last yes. couple of, last year or so. Yeah. 
there's no way that thing caught on fire by itself. But some of the uh, the footage of it, it, the way that it was jutting up in the air, I just mm. had never seen that. Now, also, there's another story of uh, this was wild about the shark sighting down in uh, Salty Brine Beach and in, in Narragansett yesterday. Yeah, usually you see these things. Uh, usually the there's a very kind of formal announcement of. Uh, you know, I tend to think of this coming, you know, maybe sharks getting spotted kind of near Block Island, things yes. like that. But Salty Brian, I mean, that's that's kind of a hometown beach for all of us. And so, you know, uh, I think that the concern was there were folks that spotted something. They don't know for sure yet that it was a uh, a shark. But boy, you know, if you start to have uh, shark attacks or even the, the threat of shark attacks is really going to frustrate people, especially as you and I talking about 99 degree weather right now. <laughs> um, your colleague, Amanda Milkovitz also has a, a very in-depth story on the man that, uh, that drowned trying to save that little girl at uh Connecticut point. And, uh, and, and that's a rough one because he, uh, it was not easy for him to arrive here in Rhode Island from his native home of Guatemala. Yeah, and turns out, you know, I mean, he, you know, he had uh, a story that a lot of people probably won't be particularly thrilled with. You know, he had crossed the border a bunch of times. He'd been, I believe, imprisoned for a little while for things like this. And you know, the guy's trying to trying to, however, the guy got here, right? He, he wants to do the right thing in this instance and ends up dying. It's kind of a a tragic story. Um, you know, for, for somebody who, at least in this case, seemed to be trying to do all the right things. And, uh, you know, you've raised the question about this, and so so have others, including the Globe. You know, you do wonder how much did, did folks, were, were folks unable to read the signage? Were folks, you know, how, how the inability to speak English, you know, may have been a, a, a hurting in terms of, you know, uh, talking to people about, you know, uh, where the bodies might be, things like that. And so... Uh, you know, I think this is going to continue, but it is, it's a tragic story because at least in this case, the guy was, was trying to do the right thing. Now, folks, also in the Boston Globe, uh, and again, Dan McGowan's colleague, Amanda Milkovitz, in her coverage, she, um, her coverage of the, it was, it was last Wednesday that off-duty police officer yes. Daniel Dolan shot the, the teen in West Greenwich. Uh, Amanda was at the briefing, but she also has information that that the, the, certainly there was some red flags and some complaints about this officer in Pawtucket. Yeah, well, and John, before we even talk about Amanda's story, kudos to you because you've been all over this story for the last week, um, yeah. really kind of owning the, co the coverage of it. So, um, you, you, you know, I think this is a, there's a lot to this story. It, oh, it certainly yeah. appears. This is, um, it, it feels very strange that, that this kind of action would be taken. And yeah, Amanda uncovered that um, there have been some, you know, complaints about the officer before, um, you know, the challenge with this is, is that complaints versus, you know, are they, a, you know, are they a threat? Are they, in a, you know, unable to do their job? Things like that. Very, very dicey. It's very difficult, as you know, to fire really any, any uh, union member in this state, including law enforcement, yeah. you know, a, a member of a police union. But, um, you know, you, you hate to see it. And it does feel like too often, you know, when you see an incident, you know, like a, a shooting that probably didn't necessarily need to happen, it does feel like it, you you do see these cases kind of prop up in people who have been disciplined before, right, or who or who have faced complaints before. So I think this is going to be a long investigation, and I think it's, um, you know, it's it's certainly going to be one that you're going to have to go back and really scrutinize, you know, how much the the Pawtucket Police Department was was paying attention to things, what red flags were there, were things ignored. Um, so I think there's a lot more to come in this story. I, I agree with you. And Dan McGowan, the people that, that I talked to that just the most appalled and aghast over it are, are actually certain other police officers. That's right. Like, these kids are harmless. Three right. honor students, unarmed team. He shoots the kid. Like, are you off duty? There's no <laughs> weapon. Like, cops that I talked to, the phone still goes off. Cannot get over that story. Well, it, uh, a big... Go ahead. What I was going to say, John, is, is to, to, to kind of accentuate that point. One thing I learned, as you know, I worked at Channel 12 for a bunch of years. Yeah. And, and one thing that Tim White, my you know, investigative reporter, used to say, and he, I think he's totally right about this, is, you know, whenever you see those big investigations, right, the, the Tim pops out of the bushes and finds the officer doing something wrong or the police chief, you know, doing doing this or doing that. 
those tips, you know, the, the weightlifting firefighters are a great example. Those tips come from people who are within departments, who are yep. mad at, 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 at their colleagues abusing the system, cheating the system. So it actually is no surprise that you hear, you know, good, true cops who are saying, wait a minute, this, this one is way wrong because that is often the case. It's often the, the, the others who say, you know, this person needs to be held accountable. They want their own to be held accountable almost as much as anyone because they don't like the reputation that they get from these guys. Yeah, no, this, this story is really interesting. And also, Dan McGowan, I also want to just, um, going back to Governor McKee, uh, he, he, what do you make of the way he handles or just the, the method he's handling the problems that he inherited from Governor Mundo at Elena Slater Hospital continues to be a disaster, but he's I, I, so far he uh, seems to have the trust in his handling the the story, you know, pretty well with the reporters, with the media. Well, he's very good at a couple of things. The one he's very he is very good at the media. He's kind of he doesn't come across as kind of a holier than thou or smarter than everyone kind of person, and so you know he he just comes across as more accept uh, um, accessible. The other part of this, and I'm noticing it. Uh, you know, this is really kind of inside baseball, but I'm sure you're seeing it too, is, you know, one of the things that Gina Raimondo did not do a very good job with uh, when she, when she was governor was um, dealing with, I'm going to, I'm going to use the the term gadfly state lawmakers, yes. right? The people who are the loudest, the people who, you know, call for an investigation every time they, so they can get on TV. The, the, the governor had no, or now the secretary, Gina Raimondo, had no use for them. Right. And she kind of wrote them off. And, you know, when they were on TV at night, she would roll her eyes and her staff would roll their eyes and they would call the reporters and they would yell and say, you know, this person doesn't know what they're talking about. Dan McKee is, again, keeping with the theme of being a little more accessible. He's willing to kind of have. Some of the, again, the more loud, the more, um, you know, the, the, the gadfly type lawmakers, sometimes they're backbenchers who, who can command a ton of attention. He's having them in. He's got a, you know, a line to them. In fact, you know, I'm writing a column right now. This is not a gadfly person, but a, I'm writing a column right now about Barbara Ann Fentonfung and her first year in, in the state legislature. Mm. And she says, I've had a direct, uh, direct line to the governor's office on all things Eleanor Slater because her district includes one of those uh, facilities. And so, yep. you know, you're, you're hearing both sides of the aisle, people who could easily come down and say, and, and, you know, use this as an example of incompetence by the, the executive branch of government. And instead, he's done a good job of bringing them in. Now, how long does it last? How long, you know, a year from now, if there are still problems over there, that starts to fall on his, you know, on his watch. But right now he's, he's, you know, being accessible. And then when it's appropriate or when he, when he can find an opening, he does a little bit of blaming the past governor. Uh, and it, it, so far it's really working for him because that is a massive problem at Eleanor Slater. It would be, I think, one of the biggest stories in the state, if not for kind of everything else happening. I agree with that. And also the, the, the name that I keep hearing now coming up from longtime political people are he reminds people of Joe Garrahy, yep. that type of Democrat. Uh, Governor Garrahy certainly, you know, was uh, very fond. People were very fond of him and then uh, very successful uh, as a governor. Folks, you hear me mention Roadmap. Dan McGowan is the author of Roadmap. I start the day with it each day. It's filled with information. Here's what's happening, links to different stories, uh, and he always tells you something you don't know. Dan McGowan, if you wouldn't mind offering it to anyone that's listening, that they could also get it for free. That's right. The, the best part of it, it's free. The second best part, it takes you five minutes to read, and you kind of know everything that's happening in Rhode Island on a given day, right? You want to go, we don't really go to water coolers anymore, but you're going down the beach, and you want to know, you want to sound a little bit smart about, you know, what the governor's doing or who's going to win the governor's race. Read Roadmap every morning, and, and you'll you'll really be right there. The easiest way to get it is just send me a blank email. You don't have to write anything other than to rinews at globe.com, rinews at globe.com. Um, and, and like John said, you get a little bit of new stuff from me. You get all the stories that we're working on in the globe. You get all the other big stories that are being reported regionally within the globe. And then you get your rundown of what's happening. The governor's got a press conference today. Legislature is going to be out probably by Thursday. You're going to have a new state budget in place, things like that. Um, so rinews at globe.com and you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning. 
folks who stay going. Dan, great job. Uh, stay safe, and we'll talk to you again. Talk to you soon. Have a good fourth, John. Thank you. You as well. For all your tree needs, call the tree trimming experts in Lincoln. It's Yankee Tree Service. Call them today for a free quote, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, 401-439-6028. Fully insured tree removal company with a licensed arborist. Yankee Tree Service. They provide various tree services, including tree removal, pruning, land clearing, stump grinding, and bobcat service. Check out their website, yankeetreeservice.com. Whether it's for tree removal or stump grinding, Yankee Tree Service provides stump grinding so you can enjoy your landscape without the eyesore of old stumps. Tree pruning. You know, many times a tree just needs to be pruned instead of completely cut down. The licensed arborists with Yankee Tree Service, they'll help you decide what's the best treatment plan for your tree emergency service or bucket truck service they'll get up in the bucket call yankee tree service today for a free quote 401-439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com i can breathe clearly now my mask is gone Nothing but a big smile for all to see Gone is the Fauci mask I had to wear My lungs will be full, full, full of beautiful air My lungs will be full, 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 full of clean air my lungs will be full, full, full of beautiful air. My lungs will be full, 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 full of clean air. My lungs will be full, full, full of beautiful air. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA, Mega Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokers for your company, your housing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies you can depend on on MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300. Continue to enjoy your best lawn ever with Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. Contact them today for a free quote, 401-392-1025 or online, lawndoctor.com. A lot more summer ahead plus the fall. Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island, your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call for a free quote today, 401-392-1025. Find out also about keeping your family safe from ticks and mosquitoes, Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. Check out their website. It's lawndoctor.com or call today for a free quote, 401-392-1025.